Hey, Fearless fam, Sarah here. I am so excited to be back with you for this next season of the Fearless Talk podcast. I know we've been on a little bit of a break, but we are back in full force, and today's episode is a perfect episode to kick off this next season of the Fearless Talk podcast. I got to sit down with one of our very own team members, Lizette, and believe me, you do not want to miss this conversation. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. You're seriously such an amazing woman, Lizette. I know that I haven't known you for a really long time, but I personally just love your fiery personality, your boldness. You just obviously don't take crap from anyone. (laughs) You're just like... You're you're so bold and and fierce and I just love that about you. So, I just really really enjoyed getting to know you over these last few months. And uh I hope to meet you in person. I was just talking to so- That's so weird to say. It's but I've built so many relationships this year over the internet and over a screen. And so, I'm so grateful for that. I am amazed that we're able to do that in this day and age. It still is very humbling that you can build relationships this way. But I was like, Esther and I have not even met. Like we have not hugged each other. We have not seen each other in the same room face to face, which is so wild to me. It feels like we've been friends for years. Um, but that's the power of Instagram. That's the power of, of the internet. So it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have definitely had those connections happen, especially because COVID and everything. Yeah. And- everyone just, you know, communicating via Zoom because of the social distancing. But it's it's really strange. I feel the same way. Like I've met so many people through these different social mediums. And I'm like, I feel so close and connected to these people and I've never seen them like actually face to face. Yeah. I know. I love that. That was a very unexpected perk of the pandemic. And I know it wasn't like that for everybody, but um yeah, for me, it, it, you know, there were definitely some low times, but getting to meet a bunch of people and have friendships develop out of, you know, what we were going through, you know, going through hard times can really draw people closer together if you if you let people in during those hard times, right? And um, or you have people to let in, and and it just was a really amazing experience. So I was really grateful for that. And you were one of those. And so I'm just really grateful that we've been able to form a friendship over this. And we obviously have similar hearts and passions and that's where we connected. But I know that you are, um, you just live a different life. You live in a different part of the country. You have different interests and, you know, you've been through different seasons. So, you know, during this conversation, I just love for us to get to know you a little bit, uh, peek behind the curtain as much as you'll let us and just kind of, you know, hear from you about who you are and what you're passionate about. Sure. So I grew up in a town called Lowell, Massachusetts. It's about 40, 45 minutes north of Boston. We're actually closer to Nashville, New Hampshire. And I just, I, I don't know, like there's a lot about Lowell that shaped different parts of me and different parts of my personality. And, uh, you know, from Lowell, I went to New York City for school where, you know, I learned performing arts and really dove into that for a couple of years, came back, joined the military, went to South Carolina, Texas, and then came back to Massachusetts. So I've lived in different areas of the country. So I have different euphemisms from each place. Like I still say y'all from when I was mm-hmm. in Texas for six months. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just really like the way it sounds. It's very universal. I could just say y'all and it comes covers a multitude of things. So, um, you know, different experiences have shaped different, different parts of me. Um, I have a pretty thick Boston accent, which I get commented on a lot for. And it's I love something it. that <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. Actually, I, you're I, the oh only like I've known people from Massachusetts that don't have the accent that you have. I just I love it so much. It's so beautiful. <laughs> actually, I really really love it. What part? Okay, so before you go on, you were what part of the military were you in? So I was in the army. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where in Texas in the army. did you live? I was in San Antonio. Okay. Um, January to July. So I was there when it was getting pretty hot too. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty brutal. Cause I, I met my husband in Texas. He, um, we were living in the Dallas area, but he lived all over Texas too. Cause his dad was a Marine and he traveled to a bunch wow. of different places around. And, um, so that's, that's really cool. I've actually never been to San Antonio. I feel like 
I missed out living there and not getting to go, but that's so, that's so awesome. Well, thank you for your service. That is incredible. Thank you. How did, I mean, that was a pretty wide gap, like performing arts to the military. (laughs) How did that come about? So honestly, I was escaping a bad relationship that I had just broken off. So I wanted to get away. Yeah. And I figured, you know what? I don't have the funds to move anywhere. So why don't I just join the military? Whatever. It should be easy. And at the time, I just wanted to get away. But once I joined the military, there was so much more that I got out of it. And Mm -hmm. it really shaped a lot of my character. It taught me a lot about integrity. And it taught me a lot about things that I take with me when I go into business. So it really, it did so much more for me than I intended for it to ever, ever be. I literally just wanted to get away. I had no intention of making friends. I just literally was just an escape, but I made so many lasting relationships, people that I still talk to. I have so many different experiences. I have cool experiences. Like I got to shoot so many different kinds of weapons. I shot wow. a bazooka and a machine gun. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> Cause you only see that stuff in movies and I right. got to actually like do all that stuff. So it was really cool. Wow. That is so amazing. I mean, I'm so sorry that that was, you know, that was your catalyst getting into the, the military from that, but man, what a, that was probably the last thing on my mind when I got out of a bad relationship. So that definitely says something about you that you were willing to sacrifice that part of your life to get away and, you know, to be committed to our country in that way after going through that. I'm so sorry that you went through that, but wow, what an incredible path you took after that. That's amazing. Wow. Thank you. How long were you in the army? Four years or more? Uh, Four years. Okay. Yeah, four years. I was originally signed on for six, but I had some home stuff happening and they were able to discharge me a few years early so I could take care of stuff at home. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they were really cool about that. They're very supportive. If I ever wanted to, I could re-enlist which I've thought about a couple of times over the years because I didn't feel like I got enough of the experience. Hmm. But then, you know, different, ex- you know, things happening in life. And I was like, well, I don't want to leave this. I don't want to leave that. So it's always kind of on the back of my mind, though. Like I always wanted to reenlist hmm. just because I love the, the lifestyle and I loved everything that it stood for. I still have a lot of the old habits, like waking up really early in the morning, being very organized throughout the day, very regimented. Yeah. And you know, it's borderline OCD, but it has its purposes. That's amazing. I probably need a little bit of of that OCD in my life. My husband would be really happy if I <laughs> took a little initiative with the laundry. <laughs> my husband is a wonderful man. He's so clean. He keeps things tidy cuz I don't. So <laughs> were you a morning person before I always like to ask people that if they're early risers um no not really no (laughs) no not really so it wasn't it was I can't say that it was too difficult to make the transition but before I definitely wasn't a particular like morning person yeah I would say maybe 10 o'clock was the the medium range that I would wake up every day so going from 10 a.m. to 5 a.m. every morning was a little bit of a stretch, but it didn't take me too long to adjust. Yeah. I think it's because we were so busy, like from the moment we woke up to, you know, the moment we went to sleep, we were constantly doing something. That's good. That's awesome. I love when I do wake up early. It's just getting to the point where I'm actually waking up early, but um, that's so awesome. That's really cool. Okay. So sorry, I cut you off. You rewound <laughs> a little bit. So then you, after the RV, you came back to Massachusetts. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I came back to Massachusetts after that. And I was in another relationship and that's when I learned about preschool teaching and I hopped into that field and I did that for five years, then took a break from that and started taking off with my music career started singing more national anthems at different stadiums and doing that kind of that kind of work and now with Spartan Race I've just literally I just one mountaintop after another like I reach one peak and then I work towards the next one and it's just it's kind of it's a wild ride I definitely like to keep life interesting 
don't really stay in the same place for too long. I was going to say, I, I think that's the understatement of the year, that you just like to keep things interesting. You are <laughs> are such an interesting person. I cannot believe all of the different things that you've done. I only knew about half of those things before we had this conversation. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So just to recap a little bit, I've heard you talk about music, kids, health and fitness, the army, what am I missing? I, all these things, uh, art, so like performing arts, that is incredible. So, wow. What, I mean, what, what kind of drew you, were you, what kind of drew you to like do all of these different things? Were you just trying to find what you're passionate about or you were passionate about all these things? Like, how did you find yourself in all these different places? So I try to stay committed to whatever I'm doing at one given time. I stay committed to that until I feel directed in a different direction. Okay. So like, for example, Spartan race, I didn't look for like any kind of race. I didn't Google, you know, obstacle course races. I didn't, nothing prompted it, but out of nowhere, they were all over, like all of the advertisements were on my Facebook about, you know, you'll know at the finish line, which is, you know, their catchphrase and people covered in mud and they're smiling. And I'm like, what is this? This looks pretty cool. So I clicked on it and I did the research and I looked at the prices and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't drop $150 just to run a race. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. But then I saw that there was a volunteer tab and, and, you know, I read about that and it said that volunteers got to race for free. So I was like, I could do that. Like, you know, let me volunteer and see what I'm getting into first. So my very first day of volunteering, I was at the like entrance where everyone's coming in just to remind people where the waivers were. And one of the staff people, they came up to me, they're like, oh, how's everything going? And they're like, everyone's high energy. So already I'm like, these are my people. And he was like, so how's everything going? And I wasn't really having too much fun. And he was like, I know where to put you. So he put me at the finish line and the energy from everyone jumping that fire, crossing that finish line, me getting to give them their medals. I was like, okay, I, I need to know what this is about. So I signed up for my first race at Fenway like two months after that. And I just instantly fell in love. And after doing so many races, I realized that it was a time for me where I got to spend a lot of time with God. And I felt like I heard him so much more clearly mm. whenever I was doing something that was Spartan related. And then I kept doing it and doing it. And I felt God just minister to me. He's like, this is where I want you. Like, this is where I need you. And I've just grown so much in the Spartan community. First I was volunteering. Now, then I went to racing. Then I saw someone singing the national anthem. So I emailed Spartan just, you know, out of curiosity. I'm like, oh, what would I have to do to, you know, audition for the national anthem? And it was as easy as making a video, sending it in. And then they started plugging me in. And so I started singing anthems. And then I started doing them at their veterans events. I started doing them at stadiums. Then from there, I got I got hired to actually do the motivational speech at the start line that they've never hired a woman to do. So it just like, I just kept escalating. So now I'm in this position where they've never hired a woman to do it. I'm doing all of their stadium events. I am in talks of doing more events in the Massachusetts, doing more events across the country, being asked to get a passport so I could go to Canada and do some events over there, possibly go to Europe. And it's just, it just keeps escalating. So I. In all of these things that I've done, I just stay faithful to what I'm doing mm. and then just wait for direction from God to go somewhere else. And then once I get the okay that what I'm doing is done and I can move on to the next thing, I just, I just go. Wow. I love that so much. I think if more people took that attitude, they would not just wait around for a miracle or a confirmation or something to <laughs> fall in their lap. But actually, and we were talking about this at the beginning of the call, like in your 20s, especially, or like your late teens, there's so much pressure on us to know exactly what we're going to be doing, who we're going to marry, what our life is going to look like. When I, I personally believe that is such a waste of energy for people in that age gap, like explore, figure out who you are, figure out what you love. Don't fall into the pressure that you have to pick your degree, you know, major, and then that's what you're stuck with for the rest of your life. I thought I knew what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. And now at the end of my 20s, what I am passionate about had been there all along. But back in my 20s, early 20s, 
I had to keep it in a little box of what I had an understanding of with the world. And as you live your life and as you go through, you know, experiencing different things and seeing different things of the world and of people, you can really scratch off and get clarity on what that picture actually looks like. And I don't exactly know like what my life's going to be like. I'm not like pretending like I have it all figured out now that I'm 29, but I can say that now I have a much clearer view of what I enjoy and what I like than I did 10 years ago. And I hate that we put so much pressure on our young people to have everything figured out or to be a certain type of way or to have a certain type of look. Live your life. Whatever draws your attention, like go towards it, figure it out, like be free. Don't you know, live under these chains that you, your life has to look a certain way. We, especially in the age of social media, we compare ourselves so much throughout the day and it literally destroys our creativity for our own life and what our life could look like because we're so focused on what other people are doing that we don't take a lot of time to focus in on where we're at. And I love what you were just talking about, about really just paying attention to where am I right now? Paying attention to where are my feet at? And am I still enjoying where I'm at? Am I still feeling fulfilled? Is this something that I feel like I should be spending my time on? And just going from there. I We don't have enough stories like yours, Lizette, where you're doing a bunch of different things. I'm so thankful that you are, and you're so full of life. You're so full of joy. You're not an aimless person. You know, it's kind of like people that do a bunch of different things that get a bad rap because they're like, oh, they don't know what they want. Well, yeah, because we're young and we have to figure it out. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And not that you didn't want any of those things and not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you were willing to try something no matter what. Like, I just, I love that about you. That is so cool. That is so (laughs) cool. So, all right. I know we talked about this before a little bit, but I remember when we kind of first met, you had said that you had... um, because you've been with Spartan Race technically for how long now? Um, since 2015. Oh, 2015. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the motiv- motivational speaker thing that you were talking about, when did that kind of come into play? Oh, that actually, that happened in January of last year, 2020. Right. So I had applied probably six months prior to that. And I sent in my audition tape and they very graciously told me to, you know, redo it. <laughs> because my first one apparently was too theatrical. So they gave me another, they gave me another opportunity. Well, they told me to be very creative. So I went to Bunker Hill at sunrise. I had the sun rising behind me. I had a, a great song put in and everything was like edited super cool. Like I had somebody professionally edit it and they were like, you know what? We just want you to do the speech. We don't need the extra stuff. We just want you to do that. Like, okay. I was just trying to be creative. So I, I, I did it again with a, a, a Spartan group that I was running at my church and I just did a mock send off. And, you know, six months later, after doing a corporate fasting with my church, I got the news. Then two months later, COVID hit. And two weeks before I was supposed to do my first race, they were like, they canceled the race because of this COVID. So they're like, oh, well, sure, it's going to blow over. And here we are, you know, over a year later. And I am now beginning to, you know, start training. Like next month, I'm going to California for the first time and going to begin my training. But a year and a half after I had gotten the job. So all of this waiting, like, oh, I finally got what I wanted. But now I got to wait some more. What do I do in that waiting? Yeah. It was so it was so frustrating because like I worked so hard to get it and then I finally get it and COVID hits you know something that nobody could ever have predicted but what a like a complete change I'm like okay do I still continue on this path do I let it go and I didn't feel pe- I felt so much anxiety about letting it go so I mm-hmm. knew it was it wasn't from God mm-hmm. and I was like all right well here I go waiting again. And now it's a couple weeks and then, you know, I'll finally be able to step into that role that God has given me. Wow. So what did that waiting season look like? I know you just explained a little bit of, you know, your spiritual walk and and how God had spoken to you about that in a way, but, um, what, what did that look like practically for you while you were waiting for the world to open up and for this thing that you thought was going to happen to happen? It was honestly, for me, 2020, it was 
for a lot of people, it was very positive. For me, it was a lot of soul searching because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that identified me as a person were taken away. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of left with, I don't know who I am anymore because spot and race, which was like pretty much the epitome aside from God, the epitome of my existence, like everything, everything was like, you know, around God and spot and and spot and race was taken away from me. And I literally felt like I didn't know who I was. And Mm -hmm. it was such, it was such a reality check because it showed me that I was putting too much on spot and race. So I think it was a blessing because God was showing me, I'm giving you this, but I don't want you to take it too far. Like I'm still the center of your life. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was so excited. It was becoming the center of my life life. And I don't want to go as far as to say it was replacing God, but it was definitely taking up a lot of God's, you know, space that was in my heart. And so I think God did that for me. He was like, I'm going to take this away from you so that you know what to really center yourself on, where your foundation is. And then you can build with, you know, the building blocks that I gave you with your life, with spot and race and your music. Like I have so many different building blocks to, you know, my house of life, but the foundation should always be God. And I think that's what God really wanted me to focus on. And it was a struggle. It was a struggle because I was, you know, teetering with my faith. I'm like, okay, like, I don't, I don't know what to believe for right now because everything is closed. Nothing is really possible right now. Everything is possible with God. So I was like, God, what do you want me to do in this season? And he just told me to keep pouring into other people. So I was just, you know, being as, being as much as I can be to, you know, there for other people, pouring into my job doing that with excellence, working at EPS in the middle of a pandemic where it was like Christmas season times 10. So we were, you know, doing 12 hour shifts and me being faithful to that, that job. And then going back to teaching, answering that call, seeing what God wanted me to have there. And it was just, it was a lot of back and forth, but it was a lot of self, self-reflection of what I really lean towards and what I really lean on. Hmm. Wow. I love that so much. I think that that is in a overlooked thing of hard times where instead of throwing a pity party 24-7, like I'm sure you were bummed. Like, And oh, there yeah. were days where you were just yeah. bummed and that's just the way it was. And that's normal, yeah. obviously. you. That's obviously everyone would be in that place too. Um, but... Man, what a powerful revelation that you had kind of through that and to have that self-awareness to be like, oh, wait a second, (laughs) this was kind of higher than what it should be. This was at a level where I shouldn't have been putting that in my life and not in a way that God's like, ooh, I'm going to take this away because you're Mm -hmm. not worth having this opportunity if you can't. (laughs) Focus on me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not who God is. God loves us and He loves us too much to let our hearts be captivated with something that cannot fully satisfy us and can't fully bring the joy that we need in our lives. And so, yes, there are so many good things that God wants to bless us with, but those th- things can't be the only thing because then we're just going to, the, the line's going to keep moving, like of what we're going to need and what we're going to want. Um, Spartan Race is amazing and what a cool organization to be in. Like that's such an <laughs> awesome opportunity. But it's like, once you get to that point where you've done like 20 motivational speeches, it's like, okay, well, this isn't as cool as I thought it, you know, was before. Like it still can be really cool and magical and fun, but it's, you know, it can lose its luster after a while because those things were never meant to hold that place in our heart. And Mm -hmm. when we do that, God is able to make it more enjoyable when he's at the center of our lives because our joy isn't based off of a a monetary thing or a Mm -hmm. experience. It's based off of the fact that we can find joy in our relationship with Christ, which is um, such a beautiful thing that we can, can do. And I just... I love your heart. Like, I'm going to be faithful where I'm at right now and trust that God is working it out on the back end, like not forcing it to happen. You know what I mean? Like doing what you can, but like not being like, well, I'm just going to keep calling Spartan every day and make sure that they get me (laughs) in as soon as, you know what I mean? Like that's silly, but like there are things that we try to do, I think sometimes like take control of the situation. It's like, no, like God, God's still God. Like he can still work this out, you know? I did that though. Like when 
the COVID hit and I didn't hear from Splatin for a while, I freaked out. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, did I just lose this job? And <laughs> I, I emailed that woman probably every day for two weeks. Oh my God, girl. And she I she finally, that. oh my gosh, she, she didn't even email me back. She called me and I was at UPS and I was like, I need to answer this phone call. And she was just so apologetic. She was like, I'm really sorry with COVID. Like there's so many shifts happening right now. I saw your email. I haven't forgotten you. She was like, of course you still have this position. We're just trying to figure out like what like how we're going to get through this, how certain people are going to get paid. And like, there were so many moving parts. And I was like, I just want to make sure that, that, that you guys didn't, you know, just give it to somebody else. Right. Like, no, no, that's not, that's not it. So I, I definitely had my moments when I was like, like, God, why would you do this to me? Yeah. And having those, those doubts and having, you know, the enemy come in and saying, see, it wasn't meant for you because if it was meant for you, none of this would have happened. Mm. And I could have easily given to that, but like, you know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there are too many speed bumps right now. Maybe this just isn't it for me. But I mean, I was like, no, God gave this to me and God, whatever he brings together, nobody can, can bring a pot. So if this is meant for me, it's going to, it's going to happen. So once that woman like confirmed, she's like, yeah, you, you have this. I didn't worry about it at all after that. And that was probably in May of last year in 2020 Spartan race just reopened back in February. So that was another year of waiting and being faithful that what God gave me, no one's going to take away. Wow. I love that so much. That's really, really good. So within all of these amazing things that you've been a part of, where did Fearless Co. kind of fit into your life? Like, where did you find it? How did you come across it? Like, what, what did that story look like? So Fearless Co. came into my life by divine intervention known as my pastor, Josh, (laughs) pastor Joshua Roberts. Um, I was leading a life group at my church and I wanted it to be targeted for young women. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be, it was originally supposed to be called fearless faith. And he was like, you know, I know a curriculum because I know this girl and she wrote this book and she has this amazing curriculum and it's fearless girl. Would you be interested in using that for your life group? And I was like, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. This is a relief off my shoulders because now I don't have to come up with the materials. Mm-hmm. Now I can just, you know, research, do it, and then and then uh, share it with other people. So I was like, yeah, that seems great. So I went and I looked at the adventure, adventure curriculum, and they bought the book for me. So I started reading the book, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this this is incredible. Like all of this stuff is just stuff that I've been through, stuff that is very relatable. So I started plugging into the curriculum. I started using it for my life group. I reached out to Esther, not realizing that she would actually respond because I was like, oh, she's, you know, publisher and author of this amazing book. Like she's probably too cool for school. So I reached out to her and instantly, instantly connected. She's like, girl, let me know what I can do for you. Mm. If you need verses for certain, you know, certain days, let me know. And I'll send you, you know, what I call truth bombs. And she did, she sent me all, you know, extra material that she had in her, in her vault. And I asked her, I'm like, you know, would you be available to maybe hop on a zoom call and talk to the girls? And she did. And she just spoke so much life Mm. and I just resonated with her so much. And I saw that she had asked for more contributors and if anyone would be interested. So I responded, I'm like, girl, yes, I would love to contribute, write, do, you know, whatever I can that is in my ability, my creativity, and whatever you need that thinks that you think will fit, I'm willing to do anything. And so we connected that way. And then I think shortly after that is when she passed the baton on to you. And then all of that transition was happening. But that's kind of how I was introduced to Fearless Co. was Pastor Josh told me about Asta's curriculum. And then I reached out and spoke to Asta, not realizing, you know, the impact it would have on not only that life group, but on me and my next, you know, the next step in my journey. Mm. So that's how all of that came about. I did, wouldn't, wouldn't have known anything about Esther or Fearless Co. if it wasn't for my pastor telling me about it. Wow. I love that so much. I had a similar experience with, with Esther. Not I wasn't teaching a course or anything at the time, but... Isn't she just amazing? I just love her so yeah, much. Oh she gosh. she's so yeah. giving, so gracious, just her heart. I love that so much. That is a true representation of who she is as a person. And I reached out to her about coming on my podcast, The Brave Babe, because I was so 
connected to her message through the Instagram, just the Instagram. I didn't know anything about the website or the courses or anything. I just thought, oh, this girl seems cool and we seem to have similar visions. So the fact that she reached out to me and was like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. And we just clicked immediately. Like I resonated with her as well too. She was just such an amazing person. So I love that so much. That is so cool. I, um, yeah, I definitely resonated with the message of Unhindered by Fear and Fearless Co. And all of the resources they were putting out. I just thought that it was so transformational because I dealt with anxiety in the past. And that's been a big part of my life that I've, you know, walked through. And, um, so was that something that you also walked through wanting to do like a fearless theme with your faith or were you more resonating? What, what part of the fearless girl really stuck with you? Like what, what caused you to make a Bible study around that theme? So it was really coming, like newly coming out of a place of insecurity. Mm -hmm. I grew up very, very insecure, always second guessing myself. I never thought I was the prettiest or the most talented. So because there was always somebody in my life, somebody in my class that was always, you know, put ahead of me. So I was always used to being kind of tossed to the back burner. And so I was insecure for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And when I you know, dug more into my relationship with God and I got closer with him and really learned what intimacy with him looked like and what that, how that translated into my life. I found myself in a place of where I, I felt bound by nothing because I was so confident that God had me no matter what I was going to, as long as it was ordained from him. And it was something that was part of his plan. I knew that there was nothing that would have been able to stop me. That didn't mean that it wasn't scary or anything. Like there were some things that I was like really putting myself out there. And I'm like, this probably isn't going to work, but it's part of the plan. And you know what, if, if this is part of the journey to get there, then I'm just going to do it. Cause I'm not going to know unless I don't try. Mm. Like Michael Jordan said, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So, you know, taking my shot with, you know, God, you know, doing um, guard and all that. And it just, it was so freeing because I stopped listening to the voices of the past saying that, oh, I'm not good enough for A, B, or C. And started listening to what God was saying, what God was pulling me towards, what I learned for, from reading his word. And I just, it was like a newfound fearless attitude that I had. And I just, I wanted that so much for other people. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was like, I want to start with women because a, I am a woman, so I could connect, I could connect more with them in that aspect. And then I wanted, the plan was to broaden it so that it would be co-ed and I could do it for men and women. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to start it off with a women's group because I know a lot of women that I've grown up with have dealt with a lot of insecurities, women that I still love dearly and that are absolute powerhouses. They tell me that they deal with, they still deal with insecurity. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you, you seem so, so, you know, confident and, you know, they tell me all the time, well, it's just an act. And I don't want that for the women that I know, the women that I know that I can bring with me up to this mountain. Just like, you know, Esther talked about in her program, you know, you get to the top of the mountain. That's not the end of it. The end of it is going back to the bottom and bringing people back up with you. Mm -hmm. So once I I saw that, I was like, okay, this is definitely everything that I, that I had imagined for my own group. So that's kind of how that, you know, inspired fearless, you know, fearless faith of, you know, the group that I wanted to do because I had finally discovered what that felt like and it felt so empowering and I knew that it was something that was going to impact me for the rest of my life. It was something that I was going to be able to hold in whatever challenges that came with me. So I wanted that to be available for other people and want them to know that they're not alone, that just because, you know, I am now in this new position doesn't mean that I still don't, you know, time to time feel those, you know, tinges of insecurity, like, okay, well, now that you got this, guess what? But people aren't really going to want to listen to what you have to say. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be a good speaker because no one's going to listen to you. And as soon as I keep hearing that, I literally the next week I was at work at my other job talking about, you know, the one that's with Spartan Race and people are like, you know what? I can see you doing that. Like you have a really good voice for it. Not knowing that I was so insecure about that. And they would just randomly start commenting on that. And for me, that was just little affirmations from God, like, I, I've already prepared you for this. And I just want people to know that when God prepares you for something, when God has something for you, 
you have that authority to be fearless in your faith that God's going to bring it to you. So good. I love that. That is something that is a has been a part of my story as well. So I resonated with so much of what you just said because it is amazing to me still how many women, how many times I experience feelings of insecurity knowing full well that God's called me to do things, that he has empowered me, that he is backing me up, that his favors on my life, that I am called as a daughter of his, like, you know, I'm freaking Esther. I've been, you know, called for <laughs> such a time as this, you know, like that was like my pump up story, you know, in the Bible growing up, I was like, I just need to read Esther, you know, going before the king and asking him all these things. It was like, I'm going to be like that when I grow, you know, and, but I love, I, I do love that story because it's this empowerment and boldness of knowing like, number one, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do it because God's called me to, and he has placed me in this position to be able to do that. And instead of just thinking that the place that you are is just by chance, like really accepting that God has ordained your steps. When you are following Christ, He is ordaining your steps. He is the one who is creating the path. And when you trust that He is with you in that place, there is unlimited things that He can do through you, in you, for you. God is a God who is so passionate about loving us well. And by loving us well, he created us with a purpose and a desire to make a difference. And when we actually are willing to walk into that purpose that he's created for us, it is one of the most amazing experiences knowing that God is on your side and that he is with you, but yet you can still experience feelings of insecurity and because I, I honestly believe that there is an enemy that tries to attack our thought life and tries to get into our hearts and minds to, to affect oh, yeah. how we believe because he sees what God is doing through us and in our lives. And, and when we start to take steps towards that, those attacks get stronger and they get harder. But that oftentimes means that you're doing something right, that God is wanting to do something through you. And a lot of times that does not mean that you need to stop. It means you need to keep pushing forward. And if you can just push forward through that uncomfortability, is that a word? Uncomfortableness? I don't know. But you know, it once you like get past um, a portion of that, you can really see God on the other side and it's amazing. I mean, I felt like that with doing a podcast. I was kind of like, who's going to listen to me? Uh, I don't know why. Like, I should, you know, like it's just, there's all these feelings, but I just really felt strongly that it was something that I needed to pursue. And when I did, that's when I met Esther. That's when I met you. Um, you know, when I was able to learn something about how people, I had random people on Instagram just messaging me being like, Hey, I listened to your show today. And I just wanted to say thank you. Like I, that ministered to me so much. And that was so powerful to me that God could use my janky little setup uh, to reach somebody that I didn't even know with a message of hope. Like that was all I ever wanted was to help people and to give hope to them in their situations. And when I began to see, and that's not like every day I have someone messaging me, let me just be clear. But when that did <laughs> happen, it was kind of like this awakening of like, oh my gosh, like that, that wasn't just me. That wasn't a me thing. Like when you begin to see God work through your obedience and work through the situations that you are willing to, to put yourself into in obedience to him. God is able to multiply that. Like one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the parable of the loaves and the fishes when Jesus was talking to the multitude and the disciples were like, okay, these people need to eat. Like they've been out here a long time. You know, we need to send them into the villages to eat. And God's like, and Jesus is like, we can feed them. And the disciples were like, okay, uh, uh, do you have like a secret stash that we don't like? What's the deal? And this little kid just walks up and he's like, I have a snack here you know, uh, if you want it. And Jesus took that little offering of loaves and fishes and multiplied it to a multitude of people, like thousands of people. And 
I love that representation because it's like, it doesn't matter how little or how much we think we have, when we put it in Jesus' hands, that's the key to for it to really get out there in the way that he wants it to and to feed, to nourish, to minister to others. And also you, that little boy was also fed. His family was also fed. Like there was this blessing that came out of that one act of obedience that was so profound. It was through a child just saying, here, take what I have. And if we have if we can learn to have that same attitude with God and be like, God, I don't feel like this is very much. Like just my small little contribution here, but I believe that you are big enough to multiply what I am offering you because you're God. You know, there is power in being able to do that. And whether, you know, I don't know if that little boy was like, oh, that's dumb. I shouldn't, you know, bring this up like to God. He may have had those feelings. I don't know. But we often have that because we're like, it's just a couple loaves of bread. But God's like, whoa, did you forget who I am? Like, I can handle this. I got this. Okay. Like, all I needed was you just saying yes, you know? And I just, I love that, that God is that good, that he will take what little we have or the big things that we have and use it in a way that far exceeds what we could have ever done on our own. And I believe. Absolutely. I find, I find it so encouraging. Yeah. That it just, it just starts with, it starts all in the heart because you need to have a heart to want to share that food in the first place. Right. So I, I think it's so awesome that that's where God wants to start. He wants us to start in the heart and then multiply, you know, in the outside what everyone can see. So God starts in the inside and then it yeah. multitudes in the outside. Yes. And I love that too. Like taking the time to get your heart to a place where you can desire those things and where you can believe God for those things. And maybe you're not like, if you're listening and like, you're not believing God for this massive thing to happen, maybe you you have something that is a desire of your heart that you don't really feel even worthy asking, or, you know, maybe you just need wisdom in a situation or clarity about something. There is nothing too small that God wants to do in your, like, there's nothing too small for God to use in your life. And there's nothing too big that he can't work in your life as well. I mean, he's he's a good God who's concerned about all the parts of our life. And more than anything, you are his kid, and he desires to be in relationship with you and to know you in an intimate and, and deep way so that that relationship can be the foundation of everything else. Yes. I mean, if all you did was get to know Jesus and allow his presence in your life and get to know him on a personal level— that would be enough for him. You know, it's not that you have to accomplish all of these big things. Like God just wants to be a part of your life. He truly, truly does. And I believe when you start there and you allow him to come into your life and you just allow that relationship to be cultivated and to grow, God is able to do more through your life than what you could have imagined. Um, And I... I just, I just love that. He's so good. He knows what we need, you know, and it's just, it's just awesome. But I love that. I love just your, you're so brave. Like just being like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll try that. Yeah. I know I just got back from the army, but now I'm going to go into a room with like 22 year olds and, you know, just figure that out. (laughs) That is so awesome. I wanted to take a quick break in this episode to let you know about something super fun that Nathan and I have recently found. If you're like me and him, figuring out what to do for date night can be really exhausting. And because of that, sometimes we end up doing the exact same things over and over or worse, we end up not having a date night at all. And one thing we found that helped us in this area is a book called The Adventure Challenge. This book comes with 50 fun, unique date ideas that are spontaneous and create lasting memories. Nathan and I have had so much fun with these simple but creative prompts that do all the planning for us. We can even pick our date based on budget, time needed, and so much more. And if you're not married, don't worry. There are books that are specifically made for friends, families, and even if you wanna do it solo, you can grab that book and go on a journey to learn more about yourself. 
And if you're like me, I do a terrible job of getting a physical documentation of fun memories like photo albums, scrapbooks, you name it. But this book makes it so easy to have a physical book with pictures and journal prompts that let you document the night. And I personally love that about this book, to be able to flip through and see the journal prompts and the pictures. It just brings up all the fun memories from the dates that we got to do. And there are tons of options for, to choose from on the website to give you some extra adventure in your relationships. And today, our listeners can get 10% off any Adventure Challenge product by using the code FEARLESSCO at checkout on their website at www.theadventurechallenge.com. Use code FEARLESSCO, that's F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S-C-O at checkout to get 10% off any Adventure Challenge product. Seriously, you will love this book and it makes a great gift as well. The Adventure Challenge, your scratch off guide to adventure. Well, it's it definitely didn't come overnight. Like I had a battle so much, so much programming from growing up that I wasn't, you know, I was always going to be second, third best. Like I was never going to amount to anything or have any kind of real impact. So I started with myself and then after it really happened after I noticed a lot of the demons that I was still carrying and a lot of that was revolved around my drinking that I didn't realize was such a problem. And once all of that revelation started happening, like I had accepted Jesus long before I stopped drinking. And it wasn't until realizing those patterns in my life that weren't fitting into the purpose that God had for me. Once I got rid of those, it was so crazy how much more about myself that I learned. It's almost like God introduced me. He was like, all right, here's your version of Lizette. Here's my version of Lizette. And I was like, I like her so much better. Mm. So, and it took, it took so much for me to let go and be vulnerable about certain things in my life because I had to, I had to be honest with myself. And once I was honest with myself, there was something in me that just told me, you know what, just share your story with other people because other people need to hear it. And as soon as I stopped drinking the first time and I was sharing that story, so many people had reached out to me and said how encouraged they were, how they were also struggling. And even people in my own family were reaching out to me like, yo, I've had a, I've had a problem with drinking too. I never realized it because for me, I was like, oh, I'm only drinking every, like on the weekends. Like it's not deterring my life. I'm still going to work. I'm still functional. But the more we're functional with our dysfunction, the longer it's going to take for us to come out of that. So I went 10 mm. years with this pattern. So it took me a long time to realize how much it was really holding me back. So once I got rid of that, it was, like I said, like a brand new person. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what it takes to be this person that God is showing me because I saw her and she's flipping awesome. So I want to be that person. I don't want to be this person anymore. It doesn't feel good to be that person. It doesn't feel good to always have to second guess my decisions Mm -hmm. and, oh, am I good enough for this? Am I good enough for that? Am I pretty enough for this? Am I skinny enough for that? And I was just like, you know what? God is going to meet us where we are right now. This is who I am. This is what I look like. This is my situation. God, what can I do with what I have now? Okay. I want you to do this, but I think I should do this. No, but I need you to be faithful in this. So doing, like I said before, just doing the things that he has for us in this moment, being faithful to those. And God is working everything else Mm. out so that when you're done with X, you are ready for Y. And then when you're ready, when you're done with Y, you're ready for Z. And he's always preparing us for the next step. Mm. So it, it definitely, it took a really long time for me to be confident in the decisions that I was making because I was confident that they were coming from God. Cause I was always second guessing, is this God? Yeah. Is this really God? Is this, is this the devil? Is he being tricky and he's, you know, trying to give me something that's masquerading as God's peace. Mm. So it's, you know, really digging into, okay, what's behind this? Like, where's the intention behind it? Are you just trying to uplift yourself or is it something that's going to help other people? Cause if this is something that's selfish, it's probably not from God. So it's constantly like not really second guessing, but questioning everything I'm doing just to make sure that it's coming from the right source, because I don't want to devote the time and energy and the resources that God has given me for something that isn't even part of his plan. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of it's it's a lot of questioning, not not doubting, but a lot of questioning still. Wow, you I actually had a question planned in my head, but you kind of just answered it. But I also want to say if you're listening and you have trouble discerning 
the will of God in your life or the voice of God, just go back and listen, like rewind back about, you know, 30 seconds and just listen to that again until you like hear it fully. So, cause that was so good. What you just said, I was going to ask you what your process was of hearing God and how you learn to be led by the spirit of God. It's a lot of like for that. It's a lot. Like I just said, it's a lot of asking questions. Yeah. So if I feel like, if I feel really positive about doing something, okay, I really think this is God. I will really dig into where the feeling is coming from and like, again, ask questions and not doubting it, but just want, cause you, you always want to be sure because the devil is also very, he's very clever because he knows us intimately. And Esther once said that when you have something, like if you have a goal, the devil will then tailor your new insecurities to fit around your goal. A hundred percent. And she said that, and I was just like, mind blown because as soon as I got hired for Spartan is when I started feeling insecure about people not listening to me. Mm. Like they're not going to want to listen to what you have to say. That's the whole job. Yeah, You have to be listening to what I'm saying. So now here I am. And I never particularly got stage fright when I would perform just because like I am kind of in my own little world when I'm singing anyway. Mm -hmm. But then I started getting care about that like oh my gosh people are really like they're really listening to me and I'm like looking at everyone's faces and their reactions and once I realized I was doing that I was like wait a minute I've never done this before like what is happening and then I realized like now I'm insecure about people not listening to me why is that and then Esther said that and I was like I I never I never put those two together that you have new insecurities that will form as you're pursuing God's plan for you. Yeah. Because the devil doesn't want you to get there. So he's like, well, what can I do? Let me creep into her mind and start making her doubt herself. Let me say, you know, plant this here and remind her of this from her past. And the past is great and all to learn from it. But if we continue to stay in the past, we're going to be a slave to it. We're going to constantly be chained to the past and it's going to keep us from propelling forward. Like, it's good to have remorse because remorse is something that, you know, you can use to propel forward Mm -hmm. because you learn from your mistake, you feel bad about the mistake, but you use the mistake to learn about how not to do it the next time. As regret, you're constantly grieving something that you can't change. Mm. Man, so I'm just going to leave the mic on and you just keep going because you're dropping so much fire right now. I mean, this is so good. This is so good. I think if, if we really learn to implement a lot of what you just said, I mean, I love how you talked about, I just decided that that wasn't the type of girl I wanted to be anymore. Like I looked at her in the mirror and I said, no, like I am not going to be this indecisive. And I'm sure you've, like you said, you have your days where there's insecurities flood in. Yeah. You have experiences where that doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden not experiencing fear or insecurities anymore. It's just you make that decision right. in your mind that that is not who I want to be and mo- keep moving towards that girl. Like come hell or high water, I'm going to keep moving towards that version that I know God has called me to be. And mm-hmm. I love that so much. That is is so good. I um have you ever read the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis? No. Okay. It's it's a book that is written from this might sound kind of kooky to some of you listening, but it's a really good book and I highly recommend it. It's basically about these two um demons and how they form an attack onto a Christian. And so it's written in a way that it's like how how they approach um, attacking someone who claims to believe in Jesus. And it's such a fascinating perspective because we're constantly, if, if you grew up in the Christian world or if you are a Christian, you're oftentimes looking at it from God's point of view and how he sees things and what the Bible says about God's plan and God's reasoning, but the screw tape letters, it kind of lets you in this point of view from the opposite side. Because the Bible says that we need to be um, as wise as serpents, but as gentle as doves. Like understand, and and also in, um, I think it's First Peter, it talks about the devil walks around as a roaring, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Like it's good to know what you're up against. You can't just yeah. run from 
the things in your life and expect them to never catch up to you. Like it's better to anticipate them and have a a plan of action. Like I know that I'm going to feel insecure when I begin to step out. That doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. That doesn't mean that I am a failure. Also, I think being a failure is totally overrated. Like everyone fails. Let's just get that yeah. out there. Like failure is just part of the process and it is not fatal. Like you're going to fail, but that doesn't mean that you're a loser or that you are a failure. That is, those are two completely separate things. So just a side yeah. note for you about that. Failure is not that bad. Um, and so you just pick yourself up and you keep going. But when you understand and say, hey, here. I, I am anticipating, I know myself, I know that there are things that I'm going to doubt when I begin to step in this place. Like you can empower yourself to walk through those hard things and not allow them to hold you back. Will there be anything new that comes up against you? Absolutely. Like that's what we just talked about. Some of those insecurities that you aren't expecting will come up when you begin to step out and do things. But if you make a decision and say, I am not a girl who is led by fear. I'm not a person who is led by fear. I am going to be led by God and what he is asking me to do. And I trust that I hear his voice and that I am led by his spirit. Like the Bible actually says that the sons of God, like the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Like that's a promise. And if we actually believe that as children of God, that we can be led by the Spirit of God, I think we would be a lot less concerned about doing something wrong and and more concerned about not actually stepping out and doing what God's called us to do. Like if we can mm-hmm. switch those fears and say, instead of being afraid of failing, I'm afraid of not being who God has called me to be and like experiencing life the way that He wants me to, that will change everything in your perspective and your point of view. And so trading in that and and saying, no, instead of being afraid of what could happen, if I do step out, I'm going to be afraid of what would happen if I don't step out, (laughs) you know? And I mean, I'm not saying like, let fear be the driving force by any means. We are, this is fearless talk. Like that's what we're talking about. But at the same time, like, I think that we have the wrong fear that's driving us. And if we can just look back and say, you know what, I would rather step out and be and do what God has called me to do. And if I mess up and if I'm figuring it out, that's okay. There is grace Mm -hmm. for every season and everything that we go through. But being able to really be the type of person that goes for it, um, there's this... um, imagery that I learned about within the past year or two about um, buffaloes. I know this sounds random. Stick with me. I promise it'll pay off. So (laughs) buffaloes have this thing where when they see a storm coming, instead of their like cow cousins, so cows, when they see a storm coming, they run. They run for shelter. They run for the the opposite direction to get out of the storm's way. But what buffaloes do They know a trick. They know that if I run into the storm, I will get through it a lot faster than if I try to run away from the storm because the anticipation, waiting for the storm to pass, those things will take a lot longer and be a lot harder than actually going full force into the storm and coming out on the other side. And I love that imagery to say, I'm not going to wait for the storm to just like pass through me and for life to pass me by or just try to find shelter. Like the storm's going to hit me. The storm's going to come, but I'm going to choose not to be afraid of the storm and go through the storm so that I can get to the other side. And if we have that Buffalo mentality, life will look so much different than running from what could happen all the time. And I just, that's, that's something that's really stuck out to me as far as how I want to live my life. I want to be the buffalo. I want to run into the storm. Like, I don't want my life to be defined by fear of the thunder. Like, I want to run into the storm, you know? And for me, I, that's just been huge because I, like you, who grew up with a lot of insecurities, a lot of reasons why I couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't do things. Um, someone said to me all the... Oh, oh. <laughs> the other day she was like don't shut all over yourself 
<laughs> like I should, I should have done that or I should, you know, instead yeah. of doing that, just be like, no, I'm going to do that, you know? Um, but I, I just love that quote so much, but well, Lizette, I am so thankful for this conversation. If you're, I am so encouraged. You have like fired me up. I'm going to just go crush the rest of my day now because you have just <laughs> put so much like fire in me. I'm just so thankful to get to know you. Thank you for sharing all of this with us. I am stoked to get this out in the world and for people to hear your story and to hear your heart. You are you are a force to be reckoned with, woman. You are so strong and beautiful. And I just, like I said before, you're fiery. You are just amazing. So I'm thankful to know you. I'm thankful for you to be my friend and to be a part of Fearless Co. There are just some really great things ahead. And I know that whatever you're going to be a part of is, is going to be anointed and just full of power. So I just, I just love that. And keep, keep me updated with this Spartan stuff because as you know, I know we're going to talk about it more, but I'm just, man, they don't know what's coming. They do not know what's coming. (laughs) They have no idea. No, they They don't. I'm about to change everything. Yes. Yes, you are. You are going to rock it, girl. That is so awesome. That is so good. Well, girl, I'm stoked to have you on here. This is not going to be the last time that we have a conversation. Uh, we've got some fun things that I know we're gonna gonna step into with Fearless Co. And I'm just so excited for the future. I'm man, you're a godsend to be a part of this. So I'm just I'm just excited, girl. But thank you so much for your time. This has been so fun. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved it. 